You are tuned in with Reverend and Goodwill Ambassador Art Wilson. We started laying hands on people and the Spirit of God flooded into that place and God did incredible things. Each week, you are invited behind the scenes to be a part of exclusive and unique topics about world news, biblical finds, and religious events. Here's your host, Art Wilson. Oh, it's great to sit at the feet of the Lord and know what he plans to do. So we've, we've come all the way through, and we're at week number four of spiritual warfare. Week number four of spiritual warfare. And this week, the topic is uh, how do we fight back, or how do we fight in spiritual warfare? We were talking about defending ourselves last week. The defensive is different than the offensive. Now, I don't know how to make this more uh, critical without just screaming, hollering, and standing on this. I don't think this could support someone such as me. But standing up here saying, what I'm telling you is absolutely critical to your success living for God long term. So the defensive is as important as the offensive. So if you did not get the lesson last week please uh make arrangements to be able to to see the lesson last week about the defensive because sometimes we have a great offense but no defense okay and uh it produces defeat in a horrible way and when you have a lot of uh you have a lot of defense and no offense you're you're lethargic and you just don't move forward Okay, so we want we need both to be a, a, a full, well-rounded child of God. So with that in mind, it's important that we understand as we launch into this conversation about the offensive, I want to deal with some of the misunderstandings about God. Okay, now, he will fight your battles for you. But it's important that we understand the total picture of God fighting your battles for you. This is where we miss it, okay? He will fight your battles for you. But the key phrase is, the ones you cannot bear. Mm Mm-hmm. Is everybody awake today? So nine times out of ten, yay, ten out of ten, if you're going through it, you should be able to win. Okay? It's very true. And God is not your servant. You are his. (laughs) We have an element among us in America, and it, it, it might have been rooted in America to our detriment. It has spilled into Africa. It's, it's plagued Africa. Uh, right now, it is what is thriving in Africa. They have churches now in Africa that run 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people. 
Um, it's flowing now into Europe and other places, and it's called the prosperity doctrine. Okay, it's not sustainable. Okay, because if you can't preach it in a third world country, you can't preach it. Because they don't have nothing to prosper. <laughs> so, this whole thing of just pull the lever and heaven dumps everything you want on you. Prosperity doctrine. With no conditions, no requirements. Matter of fact, some of them say you drop in a quarter, downfall is a dollar. It's corrupt. It's not totally dishonest because the Bible tells us that God will bless you when you give, but it's corrupt. Okay? I'm, I'm giving because I'm a part of the family of God. I'm not giving to get. That's corrupt. This is not Wall Street. You're not playing the stock market. And God is not a genie in a bottle. Shows up and grants you wishes. That's paganism. And it's important that we understand these things because we come in and we go, well, God, I just dropped in a dollar. Where's my 100? And God's saying, what's this person talking about? Amen. Freely ye have received. Freely give. So there's a certain mindset when we talk about warfare that we have to have. In other words, stand up like a man and a woman of God and defend and fight. Okay, so, so God's not a genie in a bottle that you can rub whenever you need something done. You have to mature. And he said it was for nothing less than the matter that when we mature... And we cry out to God. Then if God is silent, then we are to fight. We are to take up arms and fight. Gird up your loins and fight. It's important that we understand that we are fighting an enemy that fights. Okay? In every way, the enemy comes at you. If you, if you can get this. It'll help you, okay? In every way, the enemy will try and come at you. And uh, sometimes we have the finger pointing in the warfare. Uh, you know how that is. It's those that struggle in the body is an easy target. Oh, that person, they, 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 they was an alcoholic. Well, that's an easy target. And the Lord talked about that. That's an element of warfare, the struggle in the body. Oh, that person committed fornication. That person, that person is this. That person's that. That person, well, that's an easy target. But there's more elements to the fight than just the body. Oh, yes. The enemy will fight you spiritually. We just can't see it. So the person that's in the spiritual fight can hide and point fingers at the person in the physical fight. And then there's the battle that the enemy fights against your soul. Jesus targeted that. He said, oh, yes, we're always stepping on the guy who made a mistake physically, but you committed adultery in your heart. That's a battle of the soul. There's folks that's imagining things and struggling with things, and you might not have done it, but you've been doing it inside for a long time. 
Yeah. Struggle been inside along. Well, nobody knows. Okay. God knows. And the enemy knows he's succeeding. It, it's really not about us in this fight. It's about you succeeding. And we need to win this battle in the body, in the soul, and in the spirit. So it's very, very important that we understand that. How are you fighting? Some person could just be as holy as they come and have a horrible attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I, should I leave now? Get ready to open that door so I can, you know. Oh, yes. I'm not negating the importance of holiness. But I'm targeting the fact that you might have won that fight, but that's not how he's fighting you. He's fighting you in your spirit, your attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we got to learn how to fight. Your met somebody who's just nasty. I mean, just nasty. They just praise it. You know, they clown before they get here. They clown when they leave and they just holy. Well, you're not so holy as you think because you're losing the battle of the soul. It's very, very true. So we got to understand these things. And, and, and the Bible tells us something that is very important. Let's, let's dissect this a little bit. I'm already out of time, but let's dissect this a little bit. The first thing in this battle, step one, before you become a, a warrior... You all have to be warriors. Before you become a warrior, you got to know who you are. Okay? So, that's uh, identity crisis is very, very common in the church. Very common. That's why people end up looking like the world. They have an identity crisis. Uh, you can also have a warfare identity crisis. You just don't know how to fight. You don't know who you are. You, you, you. Uh, Judges 6 and 12. Let's, let's go. Who, we got Devin today. Dr. Devin. Now listen, Devin, don't, don't give me no trouble. Uh, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, where'd that go, Devin? How'd you do that? How'd he do that? Okay, what, did you see it? All right, here we go. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. Mighty hero. Woo. So what are we looking at here? We're talking about Gideon. He was hiding under some stuff. The angel finds him under there and says, hey, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. He didn't know he was a mighty hero. He had an identity crisis. But God knew and said, hey, mighty hero, come out from in there. The Lord is with you. Identity crisis. We need to know who we are. Amen. So in 1 Peter 2 and 9, the Bible tells us. Let's see where we're at. 1 Peter 2 and 9. It says, but ye are a chosen generation. So this is who we are. Ye are a chosen generation. Everybody say, I've been chosen. A royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar or set apart people that you, 
should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I walk in mercy. Mercy belongs to me. Why would you, God, why would God ha give you mercy? Because I'm going to need it. So don't feel bad that you have to cash in on what God is giving you. God, today, I need a little mercy. Well, you've obtained mercy. You are to show forth praise because of this mercy you have. People who don't praise God in a wild, crazy way has forgotten how good God has been to them. That's all that is. That's all that is. It's not about you. It's not about being shy. It's not about all of that. It's you have forgotten how good God has been to you. But God called you out to praise. In other words, your unique praise, your unique praise is one of the things he loves the most about you. Isn't that something? So don't keep from him the, the thing that he loves the most about you. Did the young people hear me in the house? Well, I've been keeping my praise for years. That's what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that later. Praise is very, very important. Because praise is a weapon that is essential to victory. So when we talk about this and who we are, that we are mighty heroes called by God to show forth praise and we represent him in the earth and we are ambassadors. And so we have a target on our back to attack our bodies, soul and our spirit. God is telling us emphatically by telling us like last week, put on the whole armor of God. Why? I want you to fight back. I don't want you to take it. I want you to fight back. Oh, I just felt something. I want you to fight back. One of the things that God's, God wants you to do is cast out devils. Oh, I've cast out many devils. We just cast out some devils a few, few months ago, and it was just wild. Uh, it's just something. They clown. You'd be, it'd be a sight to see, but it's not entertainment. It's, it's, it's deliverance. But God said, you cast them out the doctor can't do it the lawyer can't do it we need a child of god for this you are assigned to cleanse the earth of devils and no one else can do it no one so when we go to mark 16 and 17 it tells us and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. 
every time Brother Stone King gets to verse 18 and says, and if they drink anything, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. He says he's convinced that's accidentally. <laughs> Don't go around drinking deadly stuff to test and tempt God. <laughs> what is this poison? Cheers. <laughs> Don't try it. 911. Okay. And it's important that we can identify our weapons, okay? We've got to be able to identify our weapons so that we can know what to use, okay? So first thing I want to talk about as far as weapons is the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are weapons. They're not entertainment, and they're not for our uh, enjoyment, they are weapons that are sent to help us and to build us up and to brag on the things of God to the world. For example, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It's a weapon. It's to help each other. It's for times of warfare when somebody's in trouble. I want you to look at it as a weapon. Don't look at it as, oh, you need a spiritual gift. Let's do it. No, no, no. This is, it's a weapon. It's warfare. Look at it like such. To verse number eight. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same, verse nine, the same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Small s. You talk about warfare. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit ooh, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have to win the war. In other words, we rely on each other. To win. Well, I don't believe in I don't believe in church at all. I don't I don't believe in being around. I don't have to I can do all this at home. Who's gonna baptize you? I'll just baptize myself. Really? It's not possible, but I'll just dip myself in. <laughs> uh, we got some crazy stuff circulating around these days. No, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that's so much the more as you see that a day approaching. We need to get together more, not less. We need to get together more, not less. Why? Because together we are an imposing army that can defend one another, protect one another. If you're not in the defending business, you don't, you don't really fulfill the calling of warfare. Don't just fight for yourself. Turn around and fight for you. You ought to be able to brag on that. I fought for them, 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 them. Very, very true. It's very, very true. Is everybody with me? 
So um, that's a weapon. The, the, the gifts of the spirit, I want you to look at it as warfare, not leisure and resources and fun. And ooh, she just, no, 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 no. It's warfare. It's warfare, okay? It's to help one another get free. It's for direction. It's to move the kingdom of God forward. We've got these gifts. And what's really cool is that one of us will step forward and use it to drive back the enemy and to protect the rest of us. Isn't that something? You've got to love this stuff. Also, we have the word of God as a weapon. The, war, the word of God is a weapon. It's not just neat phrases like reading a book. The word of God is a weapon. I, I revealed this to the fellowship in the Awakenings Conference about seven or eight years ago. I told them, I said, the Bible is a military document teaching us how to wage war and win. And the sword is the word of God. For example, in Hebrews 4 and 12, uh, the New Living Translation, for the word of God is alive. I like the way we're going to do some spin on things just to give you a different thought. For the word of God is alive. Everybody say the word of God is alive. It's a living thing. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? You ever thought about that? That the word of God, you, that when you take up the Bible, it's a living thing? Well, what does that mean, a living thing? It means it has life. Lachayam. The word of God is alive and it's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. So the sharpest thing you're going to have is the word of God. Are you reading the word of God? It says cutting between the soul and spirit, between the joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God is very powerful. Are you reading the word of God? something it's a weapon and and and, and it's very powerful uh, we know that our lord god jesus christ almighty used it very capably to drive back the devil very easily he just kept saying it is written it is written it is written so we need to know the word of god the word of god is a weapon no wonder it's uh, you don't let your flesh talk you out of the word of god young people Young people, it is not, don't, don't look at it as a book that's putting you to sleep. Look at it as instructions to win the war. Amen. So, it's very, very important that we understand the word of God. And we, all, we have also other weapons. Think about this in Revelations 12 and 11. I'm going to do some New Living Translation stuff for a minute here. It says, and they have defeated him. Well, we need to know this, Right? If they defeated him with this, we need to know about it. And they defeated him by the blood of the lamb. You know how to plead the blood? Oh, my, 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 my. The blood of Jesus is against you. I plead the blood of, I cover, I'm covered in the blood. You know how to plead the blood. Uh, because they won with the blood. And their testimony and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. That doesn't make sense. Why did they insert that? They defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives 
so much that they were afraid to die? Huh. That's interesting. Unless testimony could have been translated a little better. And by there, the original language is martyria, where we get the word martyr. <laughs> That's different than testimony. Oh, yes. And now it makes sense. And by being a martyr, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. If you're going to win this war, you got to be willing to drop stuff that you have to drop. You got to be willing to kill stuff that you have to kill. Oh, yes. Martyria. They weren't afraid to be a martyr. They weren't afraid to kill things that needed to die in order to be free of the enemy's grasp. Some things we have to get rid of. Some things we have to kill or it's going to end up killing us. So I like the word testimony because ultimately testimony means you killed the test. The test didn't kill you. So a testimony is the celebration of a successful martyria. Interesting, interesting. So these things are very, very important. This is how you win. These are the weapons. And we can't mention all these weapons and all these things about all the, the word of God and the martyria and the blood and all that. We can't mention all that without saying the name Jesus. I don't have time for this, but we'll come back on it later. I, I've taught this. If you've seen my external things I teach at conferences, I taught this for a season uh, about dominion. God gave me a revelation about dominion. And we need to understand that dominion was taken in the battle in the Garden of Eden. Dominion was taken. And dominion was not returned in the flood. Everything but dominion was returned. Instead, it was replaced with dread. But in the New Testament, the new Adam, the new testator has restored our dominion, but he didn't give it to you. It's in his name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Now the name of Jesus holds all dominion. So if you're going to win a battle, you need to use the name, name, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 18, let's do New Living Translation one more time, Devin. It says, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to that demon, Within her. I had to deal with that before many times. You got to turn and talk to the demon. He said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. And he left. But it was because of the name. Look at the power and results of the name. Look at how powerful this is. So, so we get into this. We also need to understand 
that uh, there's a situation that we can deal with where this was powerful and it was successful. But we also have to remember what took place in Acts chapter 19 when it did not work. So in Acts 19 and 13, this is going to be King James Version. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, well, there's a, you're in trouble already. They call you vagabond. I mean, we, this isn't off to the good foot here. <laughs> certain vagabond Jews, exorcists, they got a title. <laughs> we are exorcists. Well, we in trouble already. They took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. We in trouble, folks. We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul was preaching about at the rally. What is the Bible telling us? You can't win using the name of Jesus if you're not in the name of Jesus. I mean, you got you to gotta get this. So they say, and there, uh, you know, there were seven sons, seven, seven of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit, this is, this is an interesting conversation. They come in, it's seven of them. So they probably had this person surrounded. They said, now we heard Paul preaching about Jesus and we say the same thing. You come on out of there. And the evil spirit is going, the evil spirit talked to them. Okay. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? Now, this gives us a revelation about spiritual warfare. The devil knows who we are. Because he has been given an assignment that if you ever come across this one, do what they say. Because he has given us authority over all of the devil's power. So the devil said, well, I know who Paul is because I've already been told I got to do whatever he says. That's why we came out so quick. But I have no clue who you are. So this is interesting. And so the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded like a scary movie. Everybody in the scary movie need to read. Acts 19 and get right because quit going into haunted houses. Amen. So it's very interesting as we look at this because it, it, it gives us an understanding that spiritual warfare doesn't just come to you. You have to be prepared. You have to be you have to be aligned yourself for war. You have to learn to study war. You have to be in the name of Jesus. You have to be operating correctly. So we understand these are weapons. And we have to wield them correctly. So uh, I want to come back to what I said in the beginning of the conversation because I'm running out of time. Uh, worship is a weapon. Hmm. Worship is not show, although you can see it. 
Worship is not entertainment, although you can feel it. It is, in fact, a weapon. And if you don't learn to worship God, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Worship is like the nectar of the new convert. That's why a first thing a person does when they get saved is worship like you wouldn't believe. Because it's like a newborn baby and, 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 and nursing that newborn baby with that essential, that essential nutrients. You worship and, and then we cool off. You've been serving God 30 years. You don't move hardly at all now. Yeah, I didn't see it at all. I heard that song so many times. Listen, but has he been good to you? Matter of fact, what's very interesting, very interesting, is the person that's been in church 30 years should out-worship the person that's been in church 30 days because they had mercy for 30 years. It's the truth, I'm just trying to help us. I don't know, I'm just trying to help. But the fact is, you know, uh, we get it sometimes quite the opposite. We sit back and we become, we become professional Pentecostal praisers. Now, it's all fine as long as it's real. Because if, if you know, if you 77 and you can't run the aisles no more, that same power of praise comes over you in a different way. You might just sit there and shout and that wave sends up radiant Amen. Worship, if worship is very interesting, worship is so spiritual that it is impersonated because it, it, can, it can operate so strongly that it is impersonated. Tribal dancing, ritualistic dancing, pagan dancing. They think if they dance, they can break it rain. Where'd all that come from? Because worship used to be so powerful that it was imitated by the pagan. And now God's people have ceased to worship. And now we actually got critics in the church that judges people's worship. Now they just making too much noise over there. I always get the same answer. We'll keep an eye on it. That <laughs> gets me off the hook. We'll keep an eye on it. You think I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not going to easily stop anybody from praising God now. I'm not going to. Listen, just because you're uncomfortable and you got a visitor, if the visitor don't like people praising God, they're not going to like to praise God themselves. Now, we got to get over this stuff because worship is a weapon. It's very, very important. And, and worship creates spiritual atmospheres. You ought to give a Christmas card to the people that run and shout in this church because they're making an atmosphere where all the, the deadheads can still get a touch from God. Was that too harsh? I don't know. I'm running out of time. Getting late. So true. It's so true. Anybody grow up in the world? Ever been to a dance and see all the spirits circulating around that dance? That dance is conjuring up all kinds of flesh. The same way that conjures up all kinds of flesh in the flesh, we can conjure up all kinds of power in the spirit. It's true. So let me run through this really, really quick. Uh, you're off duty, Devin. I'm out of time. 
But, you know, uh, we've got, uh, and I'd like to mention some of them because I love the Hebrew. Um, Shabbat is uh, my favorite because it is literally to lose your mind. I mean, you just shout, you run, you become demonstrative, you, you rip, you run, you dance. Shabbat is all out praise in other words it's all shabak is all out warfare somebody just cut loose shabak and that's actually found in psalms 145 and 4 oh yes psalms 145 and 4 and then uh you have um barach which is the fallout slain that's something you have yada, which is to extend and throw your, and wave your hands and just wave and throw your hands as yada praise. And uh, you have toda praise, which is a deep, reverent, true worship. You just, it's, it's coming out of every, you're, you're, you're crying, and there's other stuff coming out of other places. You just, yeah, you just, they get the Kleenex and you, you're in the middle of a toda. You just, somebody's got to help you. We got to hold you up. It's just, Toda praise. You understand me. But in the midst of all of this that's going on, God is setting ambushments for the enemy. Because we are taught that when they praised God, he said first he released angels who stand in the presence of the Lord. And then he set ambushments and and, and you, let me explain something to you there's things going on in your life you have no idea what's going on you just keep on praising God and see how many ambushments is set and 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 then you got Tacha Tacha is a very incredible uh, Psalms 47 and 1 you got Tacha which is to clap and applaud and to have joy and to have victory and to smile Amen. Some of y'all need Taka right now. I'm feeling awful lonesome up here. We need some people with the Taka anointing. Look at how I look over and said to smile. Y'all are like. <laughs> then there is Kara, which is to dance without control. Just dance and dance and dance and just uh, dance like David dance. Actually, this is Kara right here is when David was dancing with all his might and the people was looking through the window and they was mad at him and, and you know, uh, Michael was up there mad at him, you know, because they didn't worship. Amen. <laughs> and he just kept on dancing and it's just a powerful thing. And, 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 and those are the warfare weapons. And, and if we have time, we'll give you some more. Uh, but I'm out of time. And next week, we're going to talk about some uh, spiritual warfare conversations. We're going to bring Halloween into the conversation. We're going to talk about the different things we need to understand uh, to safeguard ourselves about different spiritual warfares and paganisms that try to creep into the church. And then we'll conclude this uh, series on spiritual warfare. So God bless you. We appreciate you tuning in and invite you to review this podcast and share this episode on social media to help spread the good word. 